Welcome to Deep Dive MKE, a podcast that explores how City on a Hill is transforming communities and families worldwide. Join us as we dive deep into conversations with individuals who understand the journey out of generational poverty and its trauma. I'm your host, Art Serna. Let's dive deep. All right, welcome to the Deep Dive MKE podcast. I'm your host, Art Cerna, and I'm excited to be here with a friend of mine, Kelly Egger, Compassion Director with the Rich Community Church. She's an amazing woman, an amazing leader, and I'm glad to be able to introduce her to the City on a Hill Deep Dive MKE community. So with that... Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'd like to say that I'm super excited, but I'm really nervous. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're nervous together and we're awesome. going to make just a wonderful conversation. Perfect. I remember when I first met you and I met your family at the Ridge and learned that you are an adventurous mm, mm-hmm. camping family. Yep. So I'm going to start with the question, where did you get that? It's actually a pretty cool story. So my son when he was two, we found that he had a brain tumor. And through that, we had gotten an opportunity to go through Make-A-Wish. And you get like this whole Make-A-Wish pack to get set up to before the meeting. And when the meeting comes, this is when they ask the kid, okay, what's your wish? Well, through the whole setup, going through this packet with him, I honestly thought we were going to do a Disney cruise. I was getting passports ready. Wow. And so when they sat him down and, and he's now... Four. He was four years, four or five. They asked him what his wish was, and he said, "I want to go camping and find Bigfoot." <laughs> I was like, Wait, "Wow, what?" And so that kicked off our adventure of finding Bigfoot and trying to share marshmallows with him. And so and you're still digging that today. It is the wish that keeps on giving. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Well, wow. That just gives me an insight into you as a parent and. I'm sure that was a challenging journey early on as a family to have to go through. Absolutely. But what I've learned through that is God God set that in motion for us. And we have had some amazing conversations with other families who are going through it currently. We can just say that this is where we were. And by the grace of God, our story, his tumor was always supposed to be in his brain. It's wrapped around an artery. And his last checkup just two months ago, there's no detection of any brain tumor. And so our explanation is God. We lean on that. So we have families that we're able to share that with and say that there's hope. The the kind of work that City Hill does, fundamental, core, Mm -hmm. essential, is the ability to restore hope Mm -hmm. when we're on a journey. We like to talk about a journey of transformation. And that's why I wanted to start yeah. there with you in the fact of being in life with people and the fact that we have valleys and we have peaks. Absolutely. Uh, and you need a community. We talk about a community of transformation and a newbie to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Come, I met, kept hearing about the Ridge Community Church and like this church is like super active. I was meeting people that were volunteering. And it'd be like 10 at a time, become like this large group. And it's like, oh, it's a ridge and and got to know. And then when I got to visit, I recognized that you all are a community on a mission Mm -hmm. to do. So before I go there, I want to learn more. So your, your role as compassion director. Yeah. 
Like what? What does that mean? That's a cool title. Yeah. What do you do? And then how did you land that role? And how does it connect to your life journey? Yeah. So I like to say that compassion at the ridge is Jesus's love in action, and it's really my honor and my privilege to mobilize our people to selflessly serve the communities that we live in. I started in 2019 during our, like literally our Live Big series kicks off in November. And that was the same, same week that I started. So it was like drinking from a fire hose, which was an amazing blessing. But before you hear about the glory, I'd love to share with you the story of like who I am and and where it all started from. I grew up in a small town about 40 minutes south of here in a small farming community, single mom who was 15 when she got pregnant. So there were challenges there. Multicultural, multiracial individual. And I was the first to go to college, first generation college student. So a lot of throughout my childhood and my adolescence of understanding about improvising, adapting and overcoming all kinds of challenges. But I loved that when I got to college, I started going to the Multicultural Education Center. And there I met an amazing group of women. And my freshman year, we just we built relationships with each other. And then somewhere, probably during that first year, there was discussion of creating and starting a a sorority, but not a traditional one that you would typically see on campuses, one that looked and felt like our group because they're, I mean, our campus was less than 1% minority population. So that's what we did. We ended up starting an organization for multicultural women and the basis was serving our community. And it was funny because in those early days when other organizations tried to reach out to us and say, hey, can we do a social with you guys? And we're like, Yes, but we do socials in the form of serving our community. So would you be willing to volunteer with us at, you know, ABC company and and, and work? And it started off slow, but it, it grew. And that's really, I think, where the love of giving back came from. So let me ask you this. Multicultural women's group focused on service. What did that community do for you as a biracial young leader? What did you get from that community that you weren't getting elsewhere? Definitely a sense of belonging, but there was an ability to find purpose. I think I probably wouldn't have graduated college if it wasn't for that, that group of women because we weren't always serving, but we would get together and do study groups and really encourage one another when we knew that there was areas of weaknesses. Like, hey, I'm, I'm not doing so hot in this class. Does anybody... Anybody have a a connection here? And so they really supported each other through that. But I think that it also gave me a sense of what it was like to run an organization, run teams at an early age, because (laughs) learning about Robert's rules of order and setting agendas. And I think me personally, I always had that sense of wanting to set goals and accomplish them, but this was there was accountability now. And that's kind of what I learned. So how did you go from there to compassion director? Like how did that weave that story, like connect the bridge? <laughs> how did you jump to the I said no several times to God. <laughs> I was working in the corporate world in sales 
but serving, I would say, as like a high capacity volunteer at my church. I remember probably this maybe two years before I started working at the Ridge, was really praying for my my current role, my current job, to be able to lead a team. I was an individual contributor at that time, and I really wanted to help grow a team. And I kept praying for that and kept praying for that. And I didn't make the connection at the time, but then my executive pastor at the time had come up to me and had asked me, hey, would you be willing to lead this group of connectors in our next steps area, helping people take steps in following Jesus? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And I think back to that, I was like, Lord, I, I probably should have been more specific. I wanted to lead a team and make money doing it, but now I'm leading a team and that's exactly what I had asked for. <laughs> and I I look back at that and I smile and it, it warms my heart to think that God was in every step of my story there. And the more I just invested my time at the Ridge, I think that they saw something in me and the conversation started happening and it wasn't, hey, we have a position for you here at the Ridge, but it's, hey, there's something special in you and we want to foster that. And we're not sure what this means or where this is going to take you, but would you be willing to go on this journey with us? And absolutely. Tell me more. But I, I said no several times about a job personally, because we lived a pretty comfortable life. And the thought of making less money, the thought of, am I going to have to sell my house? What what sacrifices am I going to have to make in order to to work at a church? So I kept telling God, no, no, no. And then he made it very clear. This is a yes, but it wasn't a, just me that he needed to make it clear for. He also needed to let my husband know that it was going to be okay. Because this was a family decision, wasn't a Kelly decision. And so he had to work in not just one heart, but he had to work in, in several. Wow. I want to talk a little bit about this concept of community transformation. Yeah. So you, you've been on a mission trip with, you brought a team, you've been through a poverty simulation, I think, yeah. and done a lot. So, so we live in a world where public narratives define a lot of things for a lot of people. And oftentimes people let their know just they don't stay engaged, they don't get involved, they follow an issue at a distance. Yeah. But I think the power of being present, kind of the Christ model of, immersing yourself. Emmanuel got with us. That concept is so powerful to who we are as human beings, I believe is my opinion. But we see it each and every time. Somebody who who might say, like, I might not be very wealthy, but I got a ton of time. And that's wealth, time, relationship. So that's a long-winded way (laughs) to get to community transformation. There's a ton of needs. I was at a at a breakfast, a power breakfast of Milwaukee Business Journal. And there was a panel that was about six people from different, just walks professional and, and nonprofit and talking about the problems, the complexity mm. of problems in a city like Milwaukee, talking about racism, talking about just the housing and division and polarization and economic and education. So they covered a lot of ground. Sounds so like a transformation <laughs> for us is all of those things. But uh, getting back to, for us, we've seen the power of people mobilized in service to do good for their neighbor mm-hmm. and the power that that gives us when we say yes to that. Yeah. And so for you, in your role as compassion director, 
what do you find? I do people in the church, are they seeking? Like, is there a desire that's dormant that needs to be inspired to do so? What do you find in people and kind of their behavior yeah. responding to that kind of call? It seemed like God was pursuing you in many different ways, gave you the opportunity to say no, but eventually he hooked you. Yeah. So what do you ans- find in people? The answer to your question, I think, is both yes and no. What I've learned over the last couple of years and is that our people have a bubble and this bubble is that that comfort zone. And so they definitely want to be part of the solution and and contribute. But going past that bubble, sometimes they need a little push. And I am just the person to push them. (laughs) (laughs) And so sometimes what we try to do at the Ridge is do small serving opportunities in our building and then try to connect them like, hey, if, if what you did today hit a nerve or a, a heartbeat, then you need to go see it in action. We need you to be a part of seeing the community that you're impacting. And sometimes that's just the baby step. There are individuals who are ready to dive in with me and be willing to to travel to the central city, no questions asked. And I'm I'm typically one of them. I will don't always think before I leap. That's how I ended up in Ukraine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes people need to be led there. And so we love to show them the connection and love to follow, you know, the stories that are happening here and share those with them and say that there's there's opportunities for you to get involved. Well, so you you all have a lot that your live big campaign mm-hmm. event that you do every year. At least since I've been here at City on a Hill, it's such a beautiful picture of community and transformation and compassion and generosity. I would love to hear a little bit more about what you see from your role and the kind of the role that you see for partners like City on a Hill. Because you've got a pretty strong list of incredible partners in the city. So what is their role in the work of what you're trying to achieve? Yeah, I think it's important to to point out that the typical attender at the Ridge is somebody who is a curious non-believer. So we get a lot of individuals who are new to faith or coming back to faith. And so the Live Big campaign that we do every every fall hits on three components, give, love, serve. It's all built around Acts 2035, which says we are more blessed to give than to receive. And so that giving component can be difficult for people who are new. But I think the way that we try to make it very simple is 100% of what's given during that series goes right back out through vetted organizations that that we partner with. And throughout that series, we are telling the City on the Hill story and the stories of our other nonprofits that we work with and just saying, hey, one of these organizations may be one that specifically is talking to your heart. And we want to partner with you in making that impact. And so we've been doing this for years and every year just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I, it, every time I think I have an idea of what maybe will come in financially, God crushes it. He's like, nah, I'm bigger than you, Kelly. Mm, <laughs> like, wow. Way bigger than you. And so, you know, last year was our biggest giveaway ever. In those early years, 
it's only been since 2019, but like that first year that I was a part of the team to lead that, I felt like Oprah. Like you get a car and you get a car and you well, get a car. Well, we got a car. Yeah. You did I mean, get I a car. I remember I got a car. I was there. I, we got a van. And I've been able to drive that van all over the city. And yeah. today we're sitting in these chairs in this studio that live big, help fund. So trying to get the message out. So, so I mean, thank you Absolutely. for doing that. And, and so, so let's talk about this in talking about community transformation and generosity and compassion. We care about generational synergy, like building the next generation and enabling them to see mm-hmm. the power of faith. We see into Gen Z generations and the future generations less trust of institutions yeah. and more on authentic, genuine leadership. And they want to see, they want to get stuff done. They want to see stuff done. When they hear things about justice, they're trying to understand mm-hmm. how do we get engaged and how does the church or, or how does the gospel or my faith connect to that type of work and so we're, we're all about that mm-hmm. and so this studio will be a, a way to do that so that you mentioned the book of acts i like the paul and timothy model it's not like hey this generation gets it done and we'll throw it over the wall and then the next generation starts i prefer that we walk it out together yeah. and so building the studio to where young people can learn and get their message out is part of what we care about and part of it like you've been to the nations too you mentioned ukraine yeah i'd love to take a group of young people to see the world but bring back their lessons and their insights into this community so when you think about the power of what you're achieving like tell a little bit more about ukraine what you went what you did what you learned how does that as a leader like you, mm-hmm. how could that be beneficial to like young people in a city like Milwaukee trying to handle complex issues? How could that ex- type of experience be helpful? Oof. Big question. Big question. Yeah. <laughs> Big yeah. question. I think that God uniquely gifted each of us and he gifted us to solve problems. And so I will always very honest that he did not gift me with the skills of details. That is not my thing. But I surround I mean, myself. I can't with you. <laughs> Look, uh, I can. I big crazy ideas, but when it comes to the granule granule things, that's when my team around me get comes into play. So as a team, you have a gift, and I have a gift, and we can solve this problem together. And so I, I think about the question where the guy probably gets to heaven. And he's like, God, where were you? in the moment, like, why do you let bad things happen? And he's like, but I didn't because I gave you the gift to do something about it. And what did you do? And so for me, it's putting Jesus's love into action. I mentioned that earlier. So if I have an opportunity to serve or go, sometimes I have to be very prayerful about those things because I'll just go. I've learned that I have a, a spouse who's not as adventurous as I do. So I have to bounce these things off of him as well so that I know that I have his support and that I'm not doing this over here by myself. And so, yes, I think that the new generation will pick up where, not where we left off, but where we lead them. And so bringing them, you know, for me, even being a part of the suburb of Milwaukee the mission field is right here. And so I could take them on a, I can get them on a plane, no problem. And I can, I can show them the world, but sometimes the world is just in our backyard. And so getting them to come here is always my first step. And then I, 
Man, yeah, let's go to Guatemala. Let's head to Moldova. But I will tell you in my experience in both of those countries that I had opportunities to pray with a lot of people and the prayers are the same. Anxiety, family, health. It doesn't matter what our our financial backgrounds are. We're all kind of praying for the same thing. And uh, that was kind of my big takeaway. That connects us all together. Yeah. So he, here's where I want to finish our conversation. So you talked about the the big ideas, your big ideas person. So the power of big ideas. And, and I want to dig into a little just in this. I have heard you talk about big ideas mm-hmm. and community transformation. Mm-hmm. So I would like to, like for our audience sake, what are the stuff that in your heart and your mind are big ideas that the church could take to bring, accelerate progress in communities like Milwaukee mm-hmm. to advance big ideas? Oftentimes, big ideas go and die because there's not a financial resource or a mechanism to say, hey, I've had the heart of an entrepreneur. I got this vision from God. I've got no money mm-hmm. or I've got no influence. So can you say more about what type of big ideas do you think could move a city like Milwaukee forward? And what is the role of the church in that? Yeah. So sometimes it, the seed gets planted and it's an, an article that I'll read or a podcast that I'm listening to or a book that I'm reading where it just from there, it, it'll be a small idea. And then I'll sort of dive into it. So, for example, right now, we had read an article about food deprivation in our city. And so that led us to having conversations with our school districts and understanding what does the school lunches look like now that we're no longer in this free free lunch COVID era. What does the negative balances at the school look like? And talking to the food pantries in the area and understanding that the grant money that they used to have during COVID are no longer available. And just having other conversations with community members about this. And so the small thought of, okay, there is a a food issue that we're having, especially going into the summer where kids are going to start the summer here. We started thinking about how can we get food into the hands of the organizations that we like to partner with. So then we can empower you to get that into the right hands and just pray over them. And so this Million Meals MKE idea has flourished. And it's one that I've had and kind of threw it out there at our church. Like, hey, is there anybody willing to sit on this team with me and just kind of develop this crazy idea? And yeah, I've got a team of, of four to five people that meet monthly and we're hoping to launch this and, and do this, not just as the Ridge Community Church, but man, if your church wants to join us, this is what it's going to look like. This is why we're doing it. Definitely have to cast that vision of why this is important. And, and if you've got the funds to help us, because it's not going to be cheap, here's how you can participate in that. Because I think that there are different levels of participation. You might be somebody who can financially su- support it, but not give the time. You might be somebody who has the talent to put something together, but not financially give, because it's going to take lots of hands to put something like this on. And I have a great project manager who's come alongside me to, and he's a volunteer at the church. 
we're a decent sized church and there's lots of individuals with different skill sets. And so sometimes they don't always know how they can help. So I always try to put it out there. Wow. There's so much of what you said about just the power of team. Yeah. So I've learned a lot just from listening to you about how important that is. And I'll end our time with this question. So we, we serve hundreds of young people every year Mm -hmm. and who are needing to be mentored, coached, empowered. And so just wisdom from people that have pressed through, that have not gotten stuck in an idea. They've pursued it. They failed, Mm -hmm. gone back up. So 13-year-old version of Kelly Egger, you go back. What would be your advice to that Kelly sitting in my youth center, 13 years old? What would be your advice? Well, failure is the, uh, the first attempt at learning something, right? First attempt in learning something. And so let that be a part of the story because we're not always going to get it right the first time. But for me, the 13-year-old in me is always learning through that. And that probably wasn't something that I knew then because I would get very discouraged. And But it's definitely something that I've learned through my journey. And I hope that they realize that it's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. <laughs> Done it often. <laughs> But through that, there's so many learning opportunities. What's the Edison found 3,500 ways not to make a light bulb. And he just, you know, he needed that one. He just needed the one. So there, just keep it. You got to have that grit and that determination. Also, going back to the team, surrounding yourself with the right people. I have a, a mentor that I connect with. I have a work sponsor, somebody within the Ridge that I can go to. And those are two totally different people. I know I can lean on my husband as sound advice. And so I've, I surround myself with people who let me dream, but also bring me back down to earth. <laughs> yeah, the practical is yeah. important. Yes. Awesome. He, my husband is the exact opposite of me. So that's good. It, Kelly has a way are, to do that. We are a good team. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Well, Kelly, thank you for your inspiration. Absolutely. For sharing. And we look forward to continuing to partner with you and The Ridge, making big dreams and big ideas come forward in Milwaukee. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Never hesitate to let me know what those are because- We'll do. You know, we're just crazy enough to come alongside you. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. You bet. Thanks for your time and attention. Through the inspiring stories of courage, wisdom, generosity, and joy, we demonstrate how City on a Hill and our network is advancing justice and working towards a world free from poverty. This work highlights the cultural pillars of City on a Hill, loving, listening, learning, and leading. We can't do what we do without you. Remember to join the email list to stay in the loop on the important work City on a Hill is doing in your community. Till our next dive, stay courageous.